Crack fans, the NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. They're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins for all you football fans. And now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out as well. In addition to the usual bets, Everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Maybe you're a fan of a lesser-heralded team. Maybe it's the Detroit Lions. I'm just speaking off the top of my head here. I don't know any Lions fans, but maybe you do, and maybe that hypothetical Lions fan has noticed the fact that Jared Goff seems to hit his passing yards number in every game these Detroit Lions have played thus far. What you're going to do, little same game parlay. You'll take the Detroit Lions as an underdog, as they so frequently seem to be. You'll take whichever of their skill position players. Maybe it's Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, the Jared Goff passing yards total. You're going to parlay them together, and it's going to make things even sweeter. In fact, you can throw down on step up same game parlays once per game day all season long. Here's how it works. You're going to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use our promo code AOD to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. Again, that's code AOD only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply if you or someone you know has a gambling problem. Crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, or Wyoming, 1-800-NEXT-STEP-IN-ARIZONA, or 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado or New Hampshire, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 877-HOPE-NY in New York, OPGR.org in Oregon, call text Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789 or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day segment presented by DraftKings. Been a pretty solid week overall. We're 8-3 and three now, only up 1.38 units. Probably played the week a little bit more conservatively than I needed to. That said, who is going to be upset? about an 8-3 record, and of course, we bring that record into another championship weekend on the ATP and WTA Tour. So far this week, we focused on three of our tour-level events. We've looked at the action happening on the women's side in Romania. We've talked about the men's action in Italy, in Spain. I want to do something a little bit different on this show. I want to preview our premier event of the week, semifinal matches. Of course, that's our WTA. TA 500 happening in San Diego. It's going to be a very fun finish to that event. As you look at our semifinals, always helps to have the world number one in action. And of course, Iga Svantec continues. Dare I say, I don't know if record setting is the right descriptor, but it's been a heck of a year for the world number one. She's into an 11th semifinal of the season, has wrapped up world number one for the foreseeable future, will clearly end this year 
in that position. And obviously, coming off of her first loss in a final in Ostrava last week for her to go from indoor hard courts back outside in San Diego, make that transition as quickly and successfully as she has. Again, a testament to the season the world number one has had, of course. On the other side of the net, though, she's facing one of, if not the second most consistent player of the 2022 season in Jessica Pagula. Now, these two have already faced off three times this year. Iga's had Pagula's number, and spoiler alert, I think that theme is going to carry over into their semifinal match, but you get the world number one taking against a fellow top five player, two players who have already clinched their spots in the year-end championships. This is what you're asking for as a tennis fan. If you can't get excited about this, I just don't know what to tell you. Of course, that's only one of our semifinals. On the other half of the draw, you have a player who, when she's shown up, has been as good as anyone but Iga this season. And of course, I'm referring to Danielle Collins, who played an extraordinary match just to get to the semifinals. Collins, an exceptional victory, of course, over Paula Bedosa in the quarter. She carries that momentum into the semis, taking on our surprise semifinalist. Now, I think all of us know how talented Donna Vekic is. We've seen the 26-year-old inside the top 20 of the WTA rankings early in her career, but of course, she had fallen outside the top 50 and needed a run like the one she's having this week in San Diego. You look for the 26-year-old Vekic back up to number 57 with her run this week. Vekic, impressive victories over Sabalenka in three sets, a win over Pliskova, a win over Sakari as well. I mean, find me a better three straight victory in a tournament run from any player this season. Extraordinarily impressive from Vekic. She's striking the ball brilliantly. You get four players playing their best tennis at this point of the year. Maybe this isn't the best tennis Iga's played all year, but the point is you have four players playing close to, if not their best tennis, and it's mid-October, and all of them are still on court competing again. If you can't get amped for that as a tennis fan, I just don't know what to tell you. And with that in mind, that's going to be the focus of today's episode. We're not going to look at the three events we've looked at all week long. Maybe I'll pay the price for that fact. Why and a good thing. That said, I feel pretty good about my picks for San Diego semifinals. I've had the chance to watch each of these players play throughout the course of the weekend. I think I've got a pretty good read on the action. So with that in mind, two aces of the day, each of them based off of these two San Diego semifinal matches. Let's get into it. Here are my picks for Saturday, October 15th. Let's start with semifinal number one. World number one, Iga Shviantek taking on Jessica Pagula with her run this week for what it's worth. Pagula up to a new career high, number five in the WTA rankings. Considering the 28-year-old had been outside the top 50, you know, throughout the course of her early 20s, we never really saw this sort of potential upside for Pagula. If I would have told you prior to the pandemic that Jessica Pagula, two and a half years from then, was going to be a top five player, you would have mocked me. And yet that's the, the case we now see as Pagula has been extraordinary this season, 37 and 17 overall on the year. She's made eight total quarterfinals and All of them have been at the big events. Australia, Roland Garros, U.S. Open. Three major quarterfinals. Now, she lost to Iga Iga Barty, who went on to win those three events in each of those matches. And I think that is a note to make is that for Jessica Pagula, she beats everyone she's supposed to beat. But when she runs up against the top players in the world, she's played them 
uh, three different times here this season, you know, those have been the matches she struggled in. She loses at Cincinnati to Caroline Garcia. Garcia goes on to win that event as well. So again, for Jessica Pagula, an outstanding year. You know, you look for her, she's played what? Uh, 18 total events and she's made eight total quarterfinals. She deserves to be in considering, you know, three of those quarters came at slams. The other San Diego, Toronto, Madrid, Miami, four masters level or 1000 level events. And then the last one in San Diego, a 500 level event. Jessica Pagula has been a prime time performer this season. And again, you look at the records, the metrics for Pagula, 17 and seven, against opponents ranked outside the top 50 this season, against opponents ranked outside the top 20, 31, and 8 overall. You look for her against top 20 opponents, 6 and 9, and that's where the struggles have come. Now, it's interesting because so frequently the players she's lost to at events have gone on to win the title. You know, she loses to Barty in Australia, Iga in Miami, Jabur in Madrid, Iga at Roland Garros, Halep in Toronto, you know, Iga at the U.S. Open. That's six of her 17 losses this year come to the eventual champion of the event. That's honestly pretty impressive. That might be a single season record. We'll get our stat guys on that and have an update for you on our next podcast. But again, it's been a career year for Jessica Pagula. The numbers would indicate as much also. She's holding 73.1% of the time. That's 3% above her career average and, you know, percent and a half above the average top 50 WTA player who holds 71.2% of the time. At the same time, Jessica Pagula breaking serve 37.7% of the time. Again, that's a top 20 number as well. She's one of just five players to rank top 20 in both hold and break percentage this season. Now, she's not top 10 in either category this year, but it's indicative of how high the floor is for Pagula, match in, match out. She's you know, again, there, there's not a, a definitive weakness in Pagula's game. She's solid on the forehand. She's solid hitting it on the run. She can take it down the line. She can hit it with pace cross. Yeah, she hits a flatter ball and isn't great at opening up angles for herself, I suppose, by getting outside that forehand wing. But with the depth, she's able to drive that ball with. And honestly, she doesn't hit the short angle horribly. Again, the forehand's not a weakness. The backhand is a strength, and her ability to drive that ball through the court, cross-court, one of the few players capable of doing that. The down-the-line is special. Obviously, she's had a ton of doubles success, which is indicative of her confidence and comfort level moving forward. There's a lot to like about the game of Jessica Pagula, who, again, is holding serve a top 20 rate this season, highest number of her career. She has gotten better at everything. The problem tomorrow is she runs up against the buzzsaw in Iga Swiatek. And I mentioned this going into their U.S. Open semifinal matchup. I say it again going into San Diego. With all due respect to how good of a season Jessica Pagula has had. A top eight season. Yes, you know, parity at the top of the women's game has been a defining storyline. But there's no doubt Pagula has been one of the most consistent players who consistently is at least giving herself a shot against these top dogs. The problem is it's just a terrible matchup because I talk about the high floor for Pagula. Iga's just a little bit better at everything. You know, I mentioned Pagula's top 20 in both hold and break percentage. Iga's top 10 in both hold and break percentage. The only WTA player you can say that about this season, and there are only two in general. It's Novak, it's Iga. That's the list this year. And 
deservedly so, as she won, what, two majors and all these different 1,000-level titles as well. And do I even need to go through the numbers for Iga this year? They're all laughable. 62-8 and eight overall in the season. She's winning 89% of her matches. You look at the hold percentage, a ridiculous 75.5% top 10 number. She's breaking serve. It's down, but still over 50% of the time, 50.6%. She breaks her opponents half the time. Can you imagine how demoralizing that is? It's like, oh, you're nice. I got a break, but she's either going to break me in my service game now or my next service game because, and that's what you see manifest itself. That's not just an arbitrary number where she's blowing certain people's out, certain people out, excuse me, and playing other matches close. No, she just beats everyone that she's supposed to beat. And again, she's had particular success in this matchup this year as well. Miami, she beats Pagula two and five. Roland Garros three and two. U.S. Open three and six. It's just a tough matchup because yes, Pagula hits the return well, but you know Iga is one of the few players physically who fine. You hit a return deep down the center. Iga's just going to go deep right back down the center as well. And you know for Pagula, she beats most people backhand to backhand. No one beats Iga backhand to backhand because. As good as Pagula is on that backhand wing, Iga's ball is just more dynamic. She puts more topspin on it. She generates angle a little bit more easier, and she can match Pagula's depth with her ability to drive that shot. And then, you know, again, the forehand wing, Iga's more explosive. There's more action on her ball. She's able to open things up a little bit easier with the inside out or the short angle cross or the drive, you know, down the line. I just, again, every Pagula is good at everything. One could argue Iga is great. At everything, and that's the problem. Is it's just it's it's good versus great. And with all due respect to Pagula, I'm going to go with the great. I'm going to take Iga Swiatek to capture this match in advance to another final. You look for Iga eight and two in semifinals this year. She's won her first or her last eight after losing her first two. You look for Pagula in semifinals this season. Again, this has been the round where you know she starts to struggle a bit. Semifinals overall on the year, just Pagula one and two. Uh, so it is her fourth semifinal, but again, quarterfinals overall four and four here this year. She puts herself in position at the big events. I'm gonna go with it sticking to script, and again, Iga just being a little bit better, uh, a little bit better, excuse me, here in the biggest moments of this match. Now, you know, game spread wise, too much juice. Iga minus 285. You're probably not gonna bet that on its own. Game spread wise, minus four and a half is a lot. That said, she would have covered that in two of her three victories over Pagula this season. The last one was three and six, so it was a four-game spread. The big thing here is you can get the four and a half. At plus 100, I kind of like it. And I know Iga's played a lot of tennis of late. Finals last week, you know, into the semifinals here this week. You look at her wins. She got a straight set win over Goff, 0-3. Three set win in her first match against Jung Chin Wen. She's played a couple of days now in a row. That said, I'm still taking Iga. Like, it's just been that sort of year. 62-8. and And this is the matchup Pagula has struggled with most this season. I anticipate those struggles continue. I'm going to take Iga. I'm going to take the four and a half games. I'm going to take the plus 100. How frisky am I feeling? Blake, am I feeling half a unit frisky? I'm recording this at my dear roommate, former roommate, Blake's place, as I'm in Ann Arbor, Michigan here this weekend. Go blue. Um, he says I'm feeling frisky. All right, we'll go full half unit here to win the half unit in return on this one. Iga to cover that four and a half game spread. And just, again, this is not a bet against Pagula, to be clear. This is a bet on world number one, Iga Shviantek, who, again, just from a matchup perspective, yes, Pagula has made strides as a server, but 
Iga's going to break you half the time no matter what. And I just don't think her serve is big enough to exploit what might be the one slight weakness in the Iga Svantec game. And it's not even a weakness. It's just like, it, if you're going to attack Iga, you got to play with pace to her forehand. And that's not what Pagula does. So give me Iga to advance. Again, cover that four and a half game. Half a unit on that plus 100 to win half a unit in return. That is ace of the day number one. Ace of the day number two. Danielle Collins versus Donna Vekic. I'm back in Collins because Danielle Collins is just finally healthy again right now when she's playing that sort of tennis where you just are reminded of how gifted she is, that she's not quite a Serena Williams Power Tennis Country Club player, but she's just someone who plays so definitively on her terms. And when she is connecting freely and in the center of the ball on that backhand, I mean, she generates elite power on that wing, the, how decisively she hits the forehand down the line or opens up the short angle cross court. I mean, again, a 6-4 and four victory over Paula Bedosa, two-hour victory in that quarterfinal last night where she was just able to find down the line magic and, you know, a 2-6 and six victory over Caroline Garcia in round number one. I still think the first set she played against Sabalenka at the U.S. Open was one of the better sets we saw throughout the course of the two weeks in New York. You know, for Collins, the issue this year hasn't been her level. It's just being healthy. You look for Danielle Collins here in 2022. She's just played 27 matches, 18 and 9. That's probably as few as any player you're going to find inside the WTA top 25. That said, when Collins has been her healthiest, finals of the Australian Open, round of 16 at the U.S. Open, now semifinals here in San Diego, and quarterfinals, I should have mentioned, in Miami as well, where she beat Jabir before getting knocked out by Osaka. I mean, again, when Danielle Collins has been healthy and on hard courts this year, she's been extraordinary. And with all due respect to Donna Vekic, who has been serving lights out and, you know, has been matching plus one power, first strike tennis with everyone she's played this week. She took advantage of a tentative soccery. She just blitzed Pliskova with her first strike and had Pliskova on the move and Pliskova wasn't able to set her feet. And then she was able to outlast Sabalenka in what was, again, a really fun three-set quarterfinal match. I just feel like Collins is playing... I I feel more confident in Collins' level. I just think Collins has more weapons, more things she can do to disrupt the rhythm of Donna Vekic. You look for Vekic. She's served particularly well in a couple of her matches this week, has made at least 60% of her first serves in four of the five matches she's played. And, of course, she came through qualifying to get to the main draw this week in San Diego a lot of tennis on her body. And again, more than anything else, this is not a bet against Vekic. It's a bet on Danielle Collins, who is one of 10 players to rank top 25 in both hold and break percentage here this season. And again, when she's played, when she's been healthy, she has been as good as any player. And, you know, the uh, the fact that I think speaks to that, Danielle Collins right now, 14th in the points race, despite the fact that she's played just 27 matches this year. If she wins the title this week, she's not out of it. She'll move up to 11th, and she'll be within 200 points of Kudermatova with a 1,000-level event in Guadalajara still to play. I just think there's more for Danielle Collins to play for. I think the pace Collins plays with on the backhand wing in particular, she's going to be able to match Vekic in ways some prior opponents maybe haven't been able to. Uh, I have been extraordinarily impressed with, I, I think, again, the heaviness of her ball will disrupt the rhythm on the Vekic forehand. Now, the serve might be a struggle. With how well Vekic is connecting right now on the return of serve, I think there might be a healthy amount of breaks throughout the course of this match. I just think, again, 
I don't think it, it Vekic can continue to serve extraordinarily well. She hasn't played a returner who is returning as well, at least right now, this week, as Danielle Collins is. And if the first serve percentage slips at all for Vekic, Collins is perfectly suited to make her pay for that fact. So I'm back in the American, Danielle Collins, who, by the way, is 1-0 in the career head-to-head between these two. Give me Collins. It's interesting. The uh, the money line minus 185, a Sviantek Collins money line parlay would be plus one, 108. I don't hate that wager. But let's just go with the game spreads. You can get Collins minus three and a half. Just a straight set victory for Danielle Collins. That's plus 105. That feels a little juicy. Like, again, what do they know that I don't? I think Collins, according to my eye test, as well as Vekic has played, I still think Collins' best yesterday against Bedosa was better than Vekic's best. And so I'm going to back Danielle Collins, and we're going to stay frisky. I'm going to put another half unit on that to win 0.52 in return. And then we get a collins Fiontech final, and... One could make an argument they have been two of the three best players on hard court this season, and the third best, Ashley Barty, retired back in February. So give me Collins, minus three and a half games, straight set victory for her over Donna Vekic, half a unit on a twin, 0.52 in return. Those are your aces of the day, and yeah, I'm going with the numbers. I don't think that's a surprise to any of you Great Shot Podcast listeners. Collins, an 80% favorite, according to Tennis Abstract, Iga Svantec, 75.2%. We'll take the numbers, we'll take the game spread, and we will rock and roll. With that said, of course, as always, shout out to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the job he does day in, day out. Your GSP aces of the day for Saturday. We'll take Sviantek, minus four and a half games, plus 100, half a unit to win, half a unit in return. And Danielle Collins, minus three and a half games, plus 105, half a unit to win, 0.52 in return. With that said, for our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at DraftKings, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say, may the odds be ever in your favor. Good luck, everyone. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Priceline. 